I am recording. You are recording. That is amazing. Let's clap. All right. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. Before we get into anything today, yeah, have you watched Husband Hotel? I need to. Uh, our patrons have been talking about it in Discord. So here's the Husband Hotel is fucking amazing. Uh, it is filthy. It's a show about demons and sinners and all of that shit. Oh, fun. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah. <clears throat> but one of the characters is a winged demon cat person, uh, alcoholic by the name of Husker, and he is voiced by Keith David. Uh huh. So my uh, FYP, of course, because all of our devices are listening at all times, uh, is aware that I've watched Hasbun Hotel uh, and is um, now showing me all these videos. God bless the children. Bless the youth. Because they're like, oh, Keith David, because there's a song that he sings. Uh, it's wonderful. Because anytime you can get Keith David to sing, you should. Um, but... <laughs> This song has lyrics like, uh, you're a loser, baby, goddamn baby. You're a power bottom at rock bottom. And they're just like, oh, my childhood is ruined because that's Dr. Facilier from Princess and the Frog. And he's saying things like power bottom, honey. Oh, God, please. You want your childhood ruined? You really, really want your childhood ruined? Grow up on gargoyles, okay? Oh, yeah. Grow up on him as the voice of Goliath, the entry-level, like, gateway drug monster fucker guy, okay? And then, and then grow up and watch Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watch watch your childhood hero pimp out Sarah from Labyrinth for heroin. Watch the ass-to-ass scene S2S. and tell me, <laughs> tell me that your childhood is not ruined. This... This adorable cartoon with its extremely adult themes, don't get me wrong, that ain't shit. Y'all ain't got shit on childhood ruined. Shit. Anyway, I highly recommend Hasbun Hotel. It's very, very good. When, when friends of mine in San Francisco were telling me they're doing a Requiem for a Dream party, I was like, I'm not going. I'm sorry, a Requiem for a Dream party? Yeah, yeah. What part of that movie is something you want to party to? Uh, well, they they left everything out except for the soundtrack music. Some people oh. cosplayed as the characters. And, no, no, and, no, no, and, no, no. And the ass to ass in the middle of the orgy because it was an orgy. I should. I I probably. Oh well, this. there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I would not. I'm not even. Not even for for sex. Would I go to a requiem for a dream party? That's one of those movies, y'all. Um, you only need to see it once. It, uh, just, just the ones, and make sure you're in a good headspace before you go in, because you're gonna be wrecked by the time it's over. Yeah, I'm convinced people who like movies like that just aren't happy, but that's probably that's really judgmental on my part. But like, where is the upside to this movie? Like, there's nothing. Yeah, there's no happy ending. Nobody escapes the addiction cycle. Everybody is fucked, figuratively and. And literally by the end of it. So. Yeah, I, I, the director Darren Aronofsky, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, I'm convinced that like puppies were murdered in front of him or something as as a child. Because everything he makes is like this. Yeah, is, is like this this deep, dark, desolate hole. Anyway, and also Jared Leto's in it, and he's Ugh. a fucking monster. So, but but he does suffer an incredibly horrible fate in the movie. So that's fun. That is fun. 
Hey, you wanna you wanna talk about you wanna intro show? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna minimize you so we can do that now. Because seriously, if I keep you up on the screen, we are just gonna shoot the shit. We're just gonna we're just gonna talk and yeah. chit chat, and yeah. that's not what the show is. Well, technically, it is. Yes, but we it's chit chat with a purpose. All right. Nobody's tuning in just to listen to you and me be like, "Oh, girl," you know. Like, there's got it. There's we're here for the Star War. Right? <laughs> we so so I have heard. That's that's what it says on the on the front door of this podcast. The front door. There's <laughs> there's, a, there's a sign above the door. It says Dark Side Divas. That's okay. A, if there's thing. a door, what does the building look like? Um, I don't. I don't know. Probably See, I was thinking Castle Sex Toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 Except, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Clone Wars callback, you guys. Not just echolalia on our parts. Clone Wars callback. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to intro the show now. You ready? Okay, ready. Ahem. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. I did not prepare an intro, and I'm fully prepared to admit that. That's great, Steph. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm that homo coming in too fast sexual. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, and Steph, yep. and Steph, hmm. it's not your fault, Officer. But Lord Vader won't know that. <laughs> Shady bitch. <laughs> That's how you survive in the Empire. Why so. didn't anybody else think of that before? Anyway, what? A, what this... I know, like Imperial officers were so honest with Vader in in the original trilogy. Like y'all got to start throwing some underlings under the y'all bus. have got to lie. It's literally life or death. Okay? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, I have something I'd like to talk about before we get into it today. Do you have anything? Oh, I have a lot to talk about, but I can't talk about any of it. Right. Because so that, somebody... That, does, <laughs> that is... dovetails nicely into what I would like to talk about. Yeah, so... let me first go off on a rant. Oh my god, here we go. Y'all, Steph is too damn nice. And I don't... And, and, <laughs> and, and a great, a great partner, a great parent... And I uh, don't... I've never been accused of being too nice before. Literally never. Well, you, you're nice when it counts, right? Oh, all right. Except it's but it's 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 a uh, it's punishing me. It's punishing <laughs> me because I want to talk about the Bad Batch, but I can't talk about the Bad Batch because y'all in our chat because we have a Patreon, and if you pay five bucks a month, if you go to patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast, you can watch us record live, and there are people in chat watching us, interacting with us. Mm-hmm. Stephanie has not seen the fucking show yet because she nope. wants to watch it with her fucking family, and I'm like, yep. you you get them, you get them to change their plans. <laughs> you you no. you, may, you you have known this show was coming out for months. You a for months vastly overestimate my ability to keep track of the Disney content release calendar. Okay, get you a piece and- of paper. And Put it B, up on the wall. Make the a plans that you're trying to insist that I change are my husband's plans to spend time with his very lovely girlfriend, and I'm not going to change that. Oh God! See, this is di- no. see difference between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make him change plans with his girlfriend because I want to watch a cartoon. Uh, no, it, you're not it, watching it a cartoon. You're watching a Star Wars. And. Are we talking? Is is our current show about that Star Wars? It could. It it it. There. I can't even say that. I can't even. I can't even I answer am not your fucking on question. On a timetable, 
I am not, I am on my own timetable. You try and get me to change that. I dare you. But there are consequences to my kindness, to my desire to, to enjoy this content for the first time with my family, um, and to my, uh, my stubborn taunting of my co-host. And those consequences are fucking spoilers. Mm -hmm. So, hey, listeners, um, I haven't watched The Bad Batch. You cannot assume that I have. And you cannot assume that anybody else who is also looking at my content has watched The Bad Batch. So please know that when you post spoilers in comments on my videos, on my TikToks, on, um, on my Instagram, on the Twitter, on any of that, that contains spoilers for The Bad Batch, I can't dodge that. I can, I have dodged and blocked and I can scroll super fast past a lot of shit, but I can't not see notifications of comments on our content because I see all of that. So yeah, I've been spoiled on some shit because people are excited about the show and I appreciate that. I love that. You're adorable. Don't leave that shit on my content because you cannot assume that I or anybody else who looks at that has already seen it and will not be spoiled by it. Now, for first-time offenders, because I do remember all of your names. She does. Because I'm mean like that. She is. Uh, for first-time <laughs> offenders, I'm going to let it slide. I might just delete your comment if it's too egregious so that nobody else sees it. But I'll let it slide. But if you do it a lot, I'm blocking you. Because that's just, that's just rude, man. Our position on spoilers is very clear. And I mean, ju just don't. Just don't, even, just don't even fucking talk about it to me. God. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyway, I don't like getting annoyed with people who are clearly fans of our show, uh, who are listeners, who are part of our community, because I, I, I want everybody to act right. <laughs> Please act right. Don't do that. Anyway, I'm just mad that I got spoiled. I am sorry you got spoiled. I'm also sorry that you didn't watch the show so I could talk about <laughs> it with you. Um, don't blame the victim. Chris, I'm not blaming the victim. I'm just you are. You're as much as saying it's my own fault. Two, two separate sins have been committed. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, and yet uh, the Venn diagram of those sins in Chris's world is a perfect circle. Yeah, because my I am shallow and mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, selfish mm -hmm. and yada yada yada. It's round like the petri dish of your emotional depth. <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I I have a quick thing. Um, okay. I'm noticing an interesting trend. So, and I know I have uh, several friends of of uh, of mine that listen to the show, and I can't possibly talk to them all at once about this because they're very separate people on separate social media platforms, yada yada yada. But they're all posting the same thing, and I have to tell y'all hmm. something. If you post a thing or share a thing that talks about how the LA area is very lonely, or it's hard to date, or it's hard to make friends. And you yourself are a shitty person and terrible friend. The problem isn't LA. The problem is you. The call is coming from inside the, the house. The call is coming from inside the house. Uh, it, yeah, it, I don't see. I don't see any of that. If Sorry. you if you develop a friend, if you want to develop a friendship with somebody, you have to reach out, ask, have, conversate. That's not a word, but uh, uh, converse, converse, converse. Uh, yeah. uh, make plans, honor those plans. Um, and attempt to like hang out and you know it's a it's a give and take type of situation one person shouldn't be doing all the work all the inviting yada 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 mm -hmm. if you are complaining and this goes for anybody outside of a wherever you live doesn't matter 
if if you if you are finding yourself in a situation where you don't have a lot of friends or or uh, you feel like everybody's mean, blah 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 blah. First, get some therapy because it's always <laughs> a great thing. And yeah. two, uh, the problem is you. The problem is always going to be you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you attract what you get. You give out to the world generally. Not always, but generally. If you go out into the world and one person you meet is an asshole, you met an asshole. If you go out into the world and everyone you meet is an asshole, you're the asshole. Right. That's just the way that is. Um, so, I don't know, man. I didn't realize there was a loneliness epidemic amongst the assholes in the L.A. area. Well, it the well that's been the thing that a lot of uh, newspapers and such are writing about just all, across the board all over the United States and parts of Europe is that men are are complaining that they're getting more and more lonely. Oh, oh men? Uh. Well, I, I, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's women. I'm sure many women Sorry, are having like half our listener base. I'm sure you're fine, guys. <laughs> I'm sure I, I believe many women are in the same boat. But I've been reading the research about the men part more so because mm-hmm. family members and I'm, you know curious about um, just stuff like that. And and yeah, people are younger men are having a hard time making friends and. They're not dating as much, and they can't find a partner. And eh, as we've discussed in the show before, Steph, it's because you know some men are uh, many men are awful, and uh, mm-hmm. the 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 reason why this is all happening is because they're awful. It's not because people are woke, and it's not because yeah. I'm uh, sorry, the patriarchy didn't teach you better, right? But here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my one thing. If if you you're finding yourself in a situation where you want to make more friends, you want to. Uh, a close circle, you want to feel connected, you have to make the effort. It's true. Yeah. That's just that's just friendship 101. Yeah. Uh, take it from some bitches who have been doing this for 20 plus years. Yeah. And and, and, and let me tell you, I had a very difficult time making friends, uh, long, you know, not too long ago, but after a lot of therapy and a lot of like uh, paradigm shifting and my perspective on relationships in general... Mm-hmm. I'm able to invest in people and they um by just reaching out, asking how they're doing, making plans with them, having moments with them. And now I have like now I find it easier than ever to make friends. And I'm an That's introvert. That's weird. I know. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. And now I'm an introvert. Uh, your extrovert tendencies have expanded. Yeah, it no, no don't get me wrong. I I I am drained. I could sleep for 2 days after <laughs> I hang out with people. That shit is exhausting. It's exhausting, but you know. Okay, hey, uh, is that that's very good. Yep, that's it. But I think I feel like we we auntied pretty hard on the the intro to this episode. Oh, we're gonna because we're gonna be thirsty. For it's the about rest to get real, yeah. real maturely immature uh, going forward. So, yeah. do we uh, want to get into why we're here today? A what? pretty lady, aka fifteen, in our chat said, "Oh, that's actually very nice. Kudos." They said, "F my family," and what? And I watched it with them on the second watch. Oh, bad batch. <laughs> bad not- batch, bad batch. Yeah. Not not friendship. Yeah. Okay. We're getting back to look, our chat is trying to get us back to the topic at hand, which is the Star War. So. Uh Wes says now that women can survive alone, men have to be better at being alone. It is scary how many men can't clear that bar. Right. Steph well, interacts- that's, that's what the okay, so we're back at it. <clears throat> so that's the thing. When people say that, you know, make America great again and let's get it back to where it was and uh and traditional family values, what they mean is uh, women being subservient. That's what they mean. When they say, like, our grandparents k- stayed married for 50 years and it's because they fixed what was broken and they didn't just quit on it. No, they stayed married for that long because grandma couldn't get a bank account. Right. 
because grandma couldn't get away. Did you notice though? I don't think they notice when they say these things that there is a direct relation to the increase of, uh, of no-fault divorce. Like the moment no-fault divorce was legalized, uh, life expectancy of men shot up. Hmm. Do we have any theories as to why that might be? It's because women were finally able to divorce them instead of just say anyone on a hunting trip and never came back. Don't know. <laughs> Weirdest thing. Just dropped of a heart attack. I told him not to go shovel snow. Oh, wow. But there he went. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. I'm not saying women killed their husbands to, to escape bad situations. I'm not not saying it. Didn't you have a whole podcast about that, ultimately? <laughs> hey, do you want to get into why we're here today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So the real reason that we're here today is because what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order, which means we started with episode one, The Phantom Menace, and we have been sashaying away forward through time since then and we find ourselves today in star wars rebels season two episode two the siege of lothal part two that word has lost all meaning for me i've said it too many times wow do you have an intro it's got dark real quick okay y'all <clears throat> it's a trap Darth Vader, the sexy Dark Lord of the Sith, has, has the ghost crew cornered. Will they make it out alive? Only because we're in the midst of a plan that can only be defined as Anakin Skywalker bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> and that's it. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. Sure you should say, hey, Google, will you explain bullshit to Siri, please? Yeah, be careful. Get your AIs talking to each other. Nothing nothing bad could come of that. So, Steph, before we leap into the episode, I want to do some quick background. I didn't write a okay. particularly long intro, and I don't remember if we mentioned this uh, last episode, uh, but when this originally aired, there was no part one, part two. There was just right. Siege of Lothal. It was mm -hmm. an hour-long premiere. Uh, so there were all kinds of fans that were really upset with the animation in season one. They were <laughs> saying that Rebels was, wasn't going to get renewed. It was doomed, it was doomed forever, and then Disney comes out and says, uh, "Rebels was one of our most successful shows ever." I'm seeing nice. uh, which begins a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and 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 so Disney wanted to go all out for the season two premiere, so they heavily promoted the season premiere. It was an hour long special, and you may notice that in this in part two, some of the commercial breaks were a little bit more pronounced. Like it was, yeah. it was a lot more clear. Very abrupt. Yeah, yeah, they had zero commercial breaks for the first half of the of this episode. Ah, uh, um, okay, and, that explains. And it. so I made a new friend. Speaking of friendship, I made a new friend recently who um, he's a he's an ad sales, but a particular like unique uh, uh, version of it, where essentially he coordinates with production companies, let them know, hey, if your particular television show is going to be on certain channels. I need to let you know where the commercials are going to pop in so you can prepare accordingly with your writing mm -hmm. staff and how you edit the show, yada, yada, yada. Right. So he was telling me that, like, having uh, – uh, uh, it creates some additional stress when you tell them, oh, 
I know you're in the middle of making your show, but we're not going to do any commercials for the first half of this of, of your episode. Just to let you know. Thank you. Goodbye. Ooh. So okay. now they have to like reorient everything and change right. everything. So that's that is uh, according to some production notes. That's kind of why it's a little weird in this in the second part uh, when the show breaks away and clearly goes to commercial. They had to like mm-hmm. re-edit some parts of it. Yeah, because it really does seem like. Freeze frame and fade to black. Right. We come back up on the same frame. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, and the the person who had to deal with that uh, was the director of this episode, Sergio Paez. Oh, um, I love that name. Yeah, it's a good name. Um, most of his credited work is in art, as in a storyboard artist. Uh, he was a storyboard artist for Clone Wars since the very first episode. So he knows his Star Wars. Pretty well. He literally wrote the book on storyboarding. It's called Professional Storyboarding Rules of Thumb. Oh, <laughs> that's, anybody's, that's really on anybody's the nose. looking on getting looking into getting uh, into storyboarding. That's your book. He's your guy, Sergio Paez. Um, as a director, it's all Star Wars animation. He will do six more episodes of Rebels after this one, and five total episodes of Resistance. So there you go. Okay. I popped Tell my me. uh my uh uh You popped your what? Gay public sex uh cherry with a guy named Sergio. Yeah. <sighs> Same thing. <laughs> the storyboarding. Yeah. Did you know that the San Antonio library is called the Enchilada? What are you doing right I, I, now? I'm 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 just I'm memory recall. Right, my I should have t- given you the heads up about this stuff. It is my therapy homework to allow some of my inner thoughts out, so I can learn how to express myself better. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is your therapist trying to get you arrested? Yes. Apparently, she's done. She uh, and for the record, she watched Bad Batch because she knew I was going to talk about it, and she's like, I have no idea. <laughs> Who these characters are? What the fuck's going on? And I'm like, let me tell you. Right. Well, pay me her hourly rate, and I'll watch it without my family around for you. Okay. Sure. I don't think you're a very good therapist. Why is it though, called the enchilada though? It's it's painted enchilada color. Uh, red 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 sauce enchilada. So red. Well, like a red is brown. It, I'm sorry. It seems very much like. That's that that's just racist. Okay, just because it's a red building in San Antonio doesn't mean it's an enchilada. Oh, now I'm so angry. <sighs> okay, can we get into the episode now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking 20 minutes into this episode. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I've derailed stuff enough today. God almighty. All right. Previously on Oh God, Oh God, that's Darth Vader. Oh God, that's Darth Vader. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, we pick up the episode right where we left off uh, with the ghost crew trying to load a bunch of stolen shield generators onto a stolen Imperial shuttle with Vader looming up behind them with a bunch of stormtroopers while Kanan and Ezra stand in between this mysterious, to them, this mysterious dude in all black armor with a cloak. But like, come on, Kanan, you know exactly what we're dealing with here. We don't have time to talk about it, though, because shit's happening fast. So... Kanan and Ezra ignite their lightsabers. They face off with Vader. Kanan shouts at Hera to go, go, go. We'll cover you. And then Kanan, did you notice this? I just noticed this for the first time. Because I don't know if he's ever actually, like, assumed a a proper lightsaber stance before. Right. But he takes the same stance as Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh. 
I have no idea what that lightsaber form is called. I'm not that kind of Star Wars nerd. There are Star Wars nerds that can identify all of the lightsaber forms on sight just by watching the Jedi move. That that ain't me. But I recognized it as the Qui-Gon Jinn stance where he like pulls his elbow up and he's got the saber right by his face mm-hmm. up there. Uh, Ezra does not have a lightsaber stance. He just holds it in front of him like a stick and looks intimidated as fuck. So, And that would be me. Mm, well, I would be soiling myself and fleeing. Well, either I, well, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm scared, and I'm also like, ooh, who is this man that's walking I up know. to me? <laughs> Mark me down as scared and aroused. Okay, scare, scare roused. Scare roused. Mm. Anyway, uh, so Vader comes in swinging, and here's the thing: he is, he's not even trying. No, he's he has one hand on his lightsaber. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this in Obi-Wan Kenobi, Um, the way Vader's one hand or both hands on the saber. Uh, If if he uses both hands on his lightsaber, that means he's taking you seriously as a Mm -hmm. threat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he he actually needs to put some effort into the situation. I think in Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, he barely used his lightsaber when he was dealing with Reva because whatever. (laughs) But when he was up against Obi-Wan, that was a two-handed situation. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming at these two and he's just kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> with his lightsaber in one hand because he does not view these two uh these two jedi as a threat at all anyway the fight is really fucking ugly mm-hmm. yeah uh, he's just like force pushing kane and ezra all over the place oh yeah uh 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 kane gets thrown down really hard and then ezra gets pinned up against the imperial walker and while ezra's lightsaber is 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 activated uh, Vader goes ahead and shit talk shit talks him because Vader loves the shit talk. Oh yeah, oh no, yeah. He's a he's a talker. Yeah. yeah, and he says something along the lines of, "Your master has deceived you into believing you can become a Jedi." Mm-hmm. And I'm and he's making him like use the uh, he's making Ezra's hand move towards his neck while the lightsaber is ignited and Ezra's gonna fucking die. And I'm yeah. like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> That's really fucked up. Yeah. He just fucking dog walks them. At one point in the fight, Kanan comes at him and Kanan's got both hands on his saber because Kanan knows he's outmatched here. Yeah. And with his free hand, Vader grabs both of Kanan's wrists in one hand, lifts him bodily up off the ground and squeezes Kanan's wrists together until it makes him drop his lightsaber and then just fucking flings a grown man 20 fucking yards across the place until he conks his head on a box. Like. Fine. And this is fresh off of Kanan's fucking victory uh, and his and his level up in skill against the Grand Inquisitor at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. So what they're showing us with this fight, the narrative here is that the threat level is so oh, much worse. Kanan cannot handle it, not even with his with his Padawan there. And so we're setting up the scene now. Uh, for Kanan to be, I don't know, a little more receptive to accepting help from the Rebellion later because you cannot handle this shit, my Mm-mm. dude. Mm-mm. Not even a little Mm-mm. bit. So yeah, uh, we're watching Ezra about to get uh, fucking murdered with his own lightsaber and then it's Rebels opening title card. That Ta-da! was just the opening fucking title? Yes. Good God. Yeah. Uh, it's I've got like three lines in my notes that just say, what the fuck? Because again, it's been a while since I've watched this. I don't 100% remember how this goes down. I know, I know, meta knowledge uh, that Ezra survives beyond this show. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He shows up in the Ahsoka show. He survives beyond this. 
but it's still very tense, and I'm so scared of Vader. <laughs> anyway, title card over. We're back in the fight. Kanan uh, wakes up from his conked-on-the-head dirt nap just in time to save Ezra from cauterizing his own jugular, so that's nice. <laughs> Vader is legitimately just toying with them at this point. Yeah. His, this isn't even exercise for him. He's just whatever uh meanwhile the crew uh the ghost crew are readying the shuttle um and sabine and zeb are watching their jedi get <laughs> dog walked and they're like uh sabine turns to zeb and goes you know what i do in hopeless situations yeah <laughs> blow stuff up and i'm like yeah <laughs> that is correct so they throw bombs but they're not throwing bombs at the bad guy nope. they're throwing bombs at the walkers that are parked nearby mm-hmm and so we get a big old boom and a ding on the Sabine blow shit up counter. And um, while that's going on, Vader does get a strike right on uh, Kanan's shoulder armor. And that's noteworthy because that that scorch mark on the armor will stay there for the rest of season two. Yeah. And thus begins uh, every <laughs> beginning of every season. It's like, what fucked up thing happened to Kanan in the previous uh, season where he's going to be permanently have some kind of like disfigurement right. on his model, you know? Exactly. Uh, he just keeps taking damage and it keeps staying there. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I, love, I, love I thought after a long rest, all that shit would, would heal, but apparently not. Yeah. It doesn't fix your armor. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, Kanan and Ezra, uh, as the as the walkers get blown up and they start falling over, Kanan and Ezra together, they force shove Vader underneath the walkers. The walkers all blah, 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 flaming wreckage fall down upon him. And then Kanan and Ezra turn and walk away slowly, like maybe they're not still in very real mortal danger. No, they killed him, right? Obviously. Yeah. So then we hear the metal creaking. Uh. You remember how last episode we were like, Vader's not like a horror movie monster now, like he was in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Strike that. Strike that. (laughs) Because this motherfucker, with one hand, Uh uses the force to casually lift the flaming wreckage of multiple walkers off of himself. He's not even trying. He just raises it up, casually drops it behind him. And Ezra's like, if that doesn't kill him, what will? And Kanan's like, not Not us. us. Gotta go. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is correct. They run for the shuttle. Notice Vader's not running. And he could have stopped them. Oh, yeah. He could have grabbed them with the force. And so... But he's just slowly walking towards them. Yeah. And so we know what... Look, Vader has one playbook. Yeah. Just one. And I had to. I had a very extensive like headcanon conversation with a friend of mine about this. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go there right here, right now. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So look, stormtroopers aren't known to shoot anything. In fact, I believe that their 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 uh, gun training consists of them holding the weapon and learning how to turn it on, much less fire <laughs> it. Particularly as the war advanced, and they just needed to crank out more troopers faster. Right. So I, like, whatever, hustle them through basic. I don't give a shit. So I'm also convinced that their tactics class or war tactics class consists of a pamphlet with Vader on the front that says, <laughs> that says hey, you need a plan? All you have to do is create a scenario where you're pretending to chase after somebody. You have a transponder code or whatever thing tracking the ship that you're going to let them leave on. And then you track where they're going to go and it works every time. And that's the only fucking good plan Anakin Skywalker has ever come up with in the Clone Wars because he does it like Look, three three times. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that's the thing: as soon as he becomes Darth Vader, it's always never it's never worked. 
Well, it's never now worked it's in broke the comics. And he should fix it. <laughs> it's never worked in the comics because guess what he did in the comics? Uh, he does this one thing over and over and over again, and it's just like, dude. At this, and, and, and on the flip side, doesn't the Rebel Alliance have like a database of all the fucking times Vader has done this to them? Like, hey, not maybe yet. not yet, not yet. This isn't even the Rebel Alliance yet, baby. Yeah, it really is. Just I saw an, an interview with Pablo Hidalgo about this. Um, at this stage in Star Wars Rebels, there is no Rebel Alliance. There are scattered Rebel cells. They are not organized. They're not united under a singular authority of any kind. So Phoenix Squadron, which we saw the Rebels working with, um, our Rebels, the Ghost Crew Rebels, working with last time, is its own Rebel cell. Commander Sato, this is it. They don't have, like, funding. Um, they don't... It, if something happens to the ships they've got, that's, that's it. They're going to have to, like, scramble to get more. Because they're just one little rebel cell, just like the Ghost Crew is their own much smaller rebel cell. There is no Rebel Alliance, so there's no shared intel between them. There's no database. And this is quite possibly the first time any of them have encountered Vader. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah, just need to call that out. this is early days, baby. I need to call that out because this is some Anakin Skywalker bullshit. I know, and you say it doesn't work, except that it really does fucking work here. So, okay, here's the thing. Um, Vader's walking after them. Uh, they're running for the shuttle. Sabine uh, uses some, lays down some cover fire. Vader bounces it back. And only the fact that she's wearing Mandalor- Mandalorian armor saves her. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they all get on and they fucking fly away. Now, Kanan's not going to fix his armor. He's going to keep that scorch mark forever. Sabine is going to take this minor damage to her armor as an excuse to totally repaint it. <laughs> we'll see in future episodes um anyway as they're flying away one of the troopers runs up to vader and is like we will mobilize fighters to pursue and vader's like that's not necessary they're not leaving the planet yet but i mean spoiler alert on the rest of this episode that whole put a tracker on their ship we'll find them later thing works out for him just fine in this episode and up it, to a point up to a point well that's a, it's like uh you know how we have heist rules Mm-hmm. Now we're going to have Anakin Skywalker uh, rules with his There's plans. There's no rules. Well, in this one, this one maneuver, the Vader maneuver, we're, whatever we're going to call it. I don't know the name for it yet. <clears throat> but no, he will find what he's looking for and then he won't like, be and successful. Lose it. And then he'll lose it at the very end. Well, and it's because he changes his plans, right? Um, and we'll see how that plays out in this episode. We'll get there. Okay. Getting back into the, the, the events of this episode. On the shuttle, everybody looks shook, but they're okay. Uh, Ezra asks Kanan, what the fuck was that? Was that an Inquisitor? What was that? And Kanan's like, no, it's worse. It's so much worse. He says, A Sith Lord, the ancient enemy of the Jedi. And Ezra's like, oh, how do we fight him? And Kanan's like, honey, fight him. We're lucky to survive him. Yeah. That's not a thing. So Hera's like, well, remember how earlier I was saying that we should leave Lothal forever? Let's do that. <laughs> Let's go ahead and fly into orbit and jump away. And Kanan's like, no, no, that guy's definitely got an Imperial blockade in orbit right now. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get away. And Sabine's like, yeah, and this shuttle's really slow and it has shit for weapons and shields. Thanks, Sabine. So we, yeah, we can't run the blockade. There's no way. And like... Hera just wants to get back to the ghost. She wants to get back to a good ship, please. Right. And she's like, okay, fine. We are going to have to smuggle ourselves off of Lothal for a change. Or maybe Sabine said that. It doesn't matter. Because Hera's like, I know a guy who can smuggle us off world. And Kanan and Ezra think about it for a second. And they're like, not him. 
Him who? Who could it possibly who? be? Who? Who? Uh, who? Because I can think of a handful of guys that they've met so far that could probably pull it off and they shouldn't go to. Uh, but they go to the sexiest guy. We'll talk about that in a second, though. In a minute. Back at the Imperial Complex, Darth Vader is doing his moody stare-out-the-window thing. Yeah, and Callus comes in and he's like, Lord Vader, let's kiss. <laughs> Or he comes in and says, hey, that shuttle full of rebels has not tried to leave the planet yet. Invader's like, yeah, it's because they're scared. Hey, um, I heard there's a refugee camp that they help out sometimes. And Callus is like, yeah, Tarkintown. What, do you think they're hiding there? And Darth Vader says, no, but I want you to burn it. The compassion of the rebels is a weakness, one we will exploit. Oh. And now I had already, y'all, I messaged Chris. Uh, at this point and I was like less than five minutes into this episode and I've already said Jesus like five times okay this was one of them like through the fight sure but where Vader's just like yeah go burn down all of their homes I don't yeah just do that just I don't even think they're there just go burn it Jesus I I, so I I found a really old episode uh, by one of the uh, there was a comic that had been released uh, that included a story arc where Tarkin has to hunt down Vader. Uh-huh. It, it, and it actually works out for him because it's because Tar- <laughs> Tarkin is a bitch at the end of the day. Yeah. Um uh so the, the they they had headcanon that there were actually multiple refugee camps all over Lothal that are anti-empire and Vader mm-hmm. picked the one that included Tarkin's name in it. So it's like <laughs> it's like a it's a dual a dual purpose like A we, works. A we kill some uh people that are not loyal to the empire. And B, I get to pretend I'm setting that bitch on fire. There you go. There you go. I like it. Anyway, Callus doesn't even blink at this fucking order. He just says, yes, my lord, and leaves. Jesus oh, my Christ. God. Meanwhile, our rebels are on a Zoom call with Lando motherfucking Calrissian. I forgot he was in this episode. Me too. And Lando Calrissian? More like Lando Calrissian. Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Riz. Oh, uh, I made myself cringe with that one, but I but I stand by it. He's said, amazing. I said what I said. Now, and that, um, is, that is the return of Billy D. Williams as the voice of Lando. Oh, of course. Of course it is. Course. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, for whatever reason, this didn't happen in the United States, but to promote the uh, Star Wars Rebel show, uh, a few fast food chains in Canada and the UK had uh, mini, kid, uh, uh, mini kid comics. Oh. That had like very short stories. I can't find oh. any. I can't find any copies of them. But one of those short stories is Hera asking Lando for help, and Kanan instantly regretting it. So I do. <laughs> I do. I don't. Now I don't think they're canon. It's just like little kids, like Happy Meal kind of thing. But right. Um. I ha- I do have to head canon that pr- possibly between season one, season two, they had to call Lando up again. They did a thing, and Kanan really doesn't want to work with him <laughs> ever again. <laughs> ever yeah. again. No, that's legitimate. Um, so we're on the Zoom call with Lando. Lando, of course, because he is who he is, uh, is instantly flirting with Hera. So. And me. Good job. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, everybody's got different reactions to Lando right now, but generally not well loved because gentle reminder, everybody. The last time they met, he sold Hera as a slave to a guy who looked like a bright red pig demon and talked like Gilbert Gottfried with a mouthful of jello. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And that's unforgivable. (laughs) (laughs) So Caden is super not amused by this entire situation. But Hera's like, look, Lando, we need your help to smuggle something off Lothal past the Imperial blockade. And Lando's like, wow, wow, do you need to pay me a lot for that? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so much, but he's way smooth about it. Uh, and ultimately, they end up haggling over those <laughs> Imperial shield generators that they just stole. So a good thing they decided to pick those up on their way fleeing the Sith Lord. I know, right? Yeah, that was that was just... That was that was foresight on Hera's part. Good yeah, job, good I, lo- job. I love I love how Lando calls out Hera, because Hera's like, we have two, and Lando's like, you whine. Uh, you're a terrible gambler. Uh, mm-hmm. You're offering me two. You probably have six, so I want three. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's right. <laughs> so yeah, he's absolutely right. He's simply correct about that. So they do strike a deal, uh, but Lando is not on the planet right now. So he's like, go to my uh, place where my stuff is, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and you will meet with my droid, and that'll happen. Here's the thing. Um, for reasons that are unclear... The original version of the script was Lando is on Lothal. And so they go there, they meet Lando, they set up this whole deal. Um, but then revisions happened and it ended up Lando's off the planet and instead we have this droid. And I don't know why. What difference that makes to the story. Like, do they, do they, do you think maybe they thought there's no way Lando wouldn't like go help them because he's so dashing or something? I, uh, well, I think more likely that because the Empire has blockaded the planet and has a greater presence, that there ain't no fucking way Lando's going to be, like, risking that. Oh, fair. He has a whole cloud city he has to worry about. Do you think he has it at this point? I think he's about to get it if he doesn't have it already. I don't think he has it yet because he's still small time. I th- in fact, he's probably in the middle of the card game that decides that he's going to get it. Oh, <laughs> right. There you go. So they go to uh, the spot in the middle of the, the grand sweeping Lothal Prairie uh, where they meet up with Willie. I love Willie. <laughs> Willie, the droid who very clearly is pulled directly from Ralph McQuarrie art. Yes. Uh, Steph, you may be shocked to learn, but when I was doing huh. research on this uh, on this episode... A lot of fanboys were really upset about the design and look of this droid. Wow. Yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. And and, and yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen and everybody else, uh, the uh, uh, design of this droid is based on the Ralph McCoy art that they were uh, drawing for C-3PO. This was yeah. what C-3PO was going to look like in live action and then, you know, real life. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm just saying, if you don't know the history, that's fine. But, you know, maybe stop talking with your whole chest about how shit looks in this show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, also, um, Willie, which is W1LE mm-hmm. is his, but we call him Willie, uh, has a weirdly Texan drawl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a country yeah, droid. <laughs> sure. Uh, that is Sam Witwer voicing that droid. Yeah, it is. I know that and voice. Here's, here's the thing. Um, because they do a lot of these uh, production for a lot of these episodes simultaneously, right? Everything's at various stages of production. Uh, so when you start seeing actors pop up in the cast list for early episodes that are just doing like big actors, like Sam Witwer, D. Bradley Baker voices the the uh, admiral that right. we'll be seeing here in a minute, right? When you start seeing actors start popping up for bit parts in episodes, that's because they happen to be in the studio to voice bigger characters in later episodes, and they got pulled in to do some bit parts here. 
Gee, what what has Dee Bradley Baker and Sam Whitworth done? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Let's keep watching and find out. Oh my god, okay. I can't wait. So, um, Willie's like, everything's here is ready according to Lando's specs. Which one of you is a mechanic? Like, he's literally, he's that bad. Uh, I mean, good. It's really good. I love you, Sam Whitmer. Uh, Sabine's the mechanic. She's going to go, uh, do the thing. Anyway, nobody's really paying attention to this. Well, okay, everybody's paying attention to this but Ezra, because Ezra, like me, can't take his eyes off of the giant fire in the distance. Right. Just this huge plume of smoke that, weirdly, everyone else on the crew is ignoring. And what the fuck? I know, like, I, I am alarmed, and I feel like anybody on Lothal should be alarmed, because I feel like a grass fire is a very real planet-wide threat. Right? Like, if, that's what I was thinking, was like, if there is a fire in, uh, on grass somewhere, like, how, what stops it from spreading? Right. Nothing. Absolutely everywhere. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Especially as windy as Lothal it. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, there's a giant fire in the distance. Ezra sees a couple of speeder bikes nearby, just goes and jumps on one and takes off. Zeb tries to stop him. Uh, Kanan's like, no, no, just let him go. Or don't, You Dad. just fought a Sith Lord. Yeah, and also, giant fires are bad. Right. So don't just let him go. Okay. So Ezra pulls up, and he sees that Tarkintown is a smoldering wreckage, right? Kanan pulls up right as Ezra's really getting a good look at it through the binoculars. And Ezra's like, all the people are gone. I mean, you hope. Yeah. That they're not just like piled up in one of the buildings. But Kanan's like, yeah, they're all prisoners of the empire now. And he just says that like, it's just, that's just, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I'm not so sure that prisoners were taken I mean, I'm, I think they would take prisoners for a trap to, to to see if the rebels would come and try and rescue them, which Zeb wants to do here in a minute. Uh, and then we'll just grab the rebels when they come and try to rescue these people. Like, waste not, want not. Oh, right? God. Big, 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 big five says uh, in our chat, parallel to A New Hope with Luke going home. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Very much so. Absolutely. Like, I'm looking for the smoldering skeletons of Uncle Owen and Anthony. Yeah, and I, and I have to, I, I have to, I suspect, I, I, this is pure speculation. I am not, a, I'm not sitting in the executive offices of Disney, so I'm not going to presume anything. <clears throat> anyway, uh, but uh, uh, I have to headcanon that maybe Disney Channel was like, so this is a kid's channel and piles of smoldering bodies isn't really gonna work for us so how about you just say just because it's canon accurate to the actions of the empire doesn't mean it's gonna fly with the mouse okay yeah so okay. we're gonna have to go ahead and say that they're kidnapped <laughs> yeah and i think that's uh probably exactly what happened so uh ezra's like oh my god they were taken prisoner and everything was burned is this because of us yeah and and kanan says there's a cost for any action we take now ezra things are getting worse just as they did back when i was your age but back then There were 10,000 Jedi Knights protecting the galaxy. Now, there's just you and me. And I'm thinking, did we? Y'all remember Ahsoka, right? Or do do they just not know that she's a force? They know she's a force user. Surely they know. I don't know. I I don't know if we get a conversation. I don't know if Ahsoka was like, hey, Kanan. By the way, I'm not a motherfucking Jedi, so don't count me in your numbers of of Jedi. Yeah, I don't think that conversation has clearly been had, but we will see later that they operate like they know. Right. Like, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. That was an odd moment. Yeah. Anyway, 
Ezra's like, then we're going to fight the Empire because we have allies. And Kanan's like, you see the burning village, right? <laughs> right? And Ezra's like, I'm not afraid. And Kanan goes, that's what worries me. Aww. And same, Kanan. Same. Good lord. Commercial okay. break. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Lando's place, uh, they tell everybody that the Empire burned down Tarkintown. Zeb wants to go rescue everyone. Uh, and... Kanan's like, no, it's definitely a trap. We just need to go or they're going to keep hurting Lothal to get to us. Okay, so the plan. Lando had a bunch of old transponders. Sabine has tooled them to beam out the same signal as their shuttle, thus creating multiple versions of them to spread out the Imperial forces and cause confusion. And hopefully they'll be able to slip away, Um, which is a very, very rebels thing to do. Honestly, Right, right. But Kanan's like, well, that sounds like a lousy Lando plan. And Mm -hmm. I don't think so. No, uh, it sounds like a good plan. Kanan's just being a dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like a good plan. Uh, but Sabine's like, no, it's my plan. And uh, uh, Zeb taunts Kanan about that. I love that. Uh, so we'll see. It's They're adorable. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back up in space on the Imperial blockade, Admiral Constantine, again, voiced by D. Bradley Baker, huh. uh, which if you're new to us, uh, just a quick reminder, D. Bradley Baker is the voice of every clone trooper ever. ever. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he is being told that there's all these identical transponder signals out there. Oh, my God. Uh, And so he deploys fighters to go intercept them. The fighters report back that, hey, uh, they're transponders. (laughs) This is not actually the ship. They start shooting them down until there's only one signal left. And it's the one that just broke out of orbit and jumped away before they could catch him. God damn it. Yeah. And you see Admiral Constantine, like, starting to calculate how many minutes are left in his life? <laughs> so in hyperspace, family meeting, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Kanan's like, oh, where do we go? And Hera's like, we are part of the rebellion now. So we go there. Duh. And Kanan's like, are you sure we're part of the rebellion? How does everybody feel about us being part of the rebellion? Okay. And so we get basically votes, right? Right. Sabine is like, we could just go get our ship and lay low for a while. Mm-hmm. So Sabine, I feel like, is a neutral vote on this one. And doesn't she seem really just shell-shocked? Like, you know, like that experience of like Vader almost murdering her is like shaking her up a bit. Because I've just noticed that in this episode, she's a little like, just like, not as enthusiastic uh, as she has been in episodes past. Um, I didn't read that, mm-hmm. uh, but sure. Also, she's uh, probably fucking tired. They're all fucking tired, probably. They're all tired. Yeah. They're all shook. Yeah. Um, so Zeb uh, says that he actually really likes fighting with Phoenix Squadron because it reminds him of his days back in the Honor Guard Aww. with the Lasats. Um, and then we get to Ezra, and Ezra says, We can't help Lothal now, but I think the Rebels can help us get stronger so we can go back and change things. I think we should stay with the Rebel fleet. He's like, let's go level up. Yeah. And then we'll come back and do this really hard level again, but we'll be stronger. (laughs) We'll have a lot more plus one weapons. (laughs) Right. So with Zeb saying yes, Rebels, Ezra saying yes, Rebels, and Hera saying yes, Rebels, Kanan is outvoted. So they're going back to the Rebel fleet. It's nice to know, at least on important topics, they are a democracy. Right. And I appreciate that Kanan, though he will continue to make the pissiest faces about it for the rest of this episode... He didn't say shit because the family voted. And so here we are supporting the family decision. Yep. Pissy face, though. Pissy face. Anyway, real quick scene back on Lothal. Admiral Constantine survives reporting to Vader that the rebels have escaped the blockade. 
Yep. Good for him. And, and then suddenly, like an uh, introvert who re- who's at a party and realizes that their favorite TV show just dropped an episode, Vader's like, prepare my ship, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the reason Admiral Constantine survived that conversation is because Vader knew that they would escape the blockade and hit a tracker on the shuttle. And for fuck's sake, do we not have, do we, can we not assume that if you steal an Imperial shuttle, it's going to be tracked? Like, wouldn't it be standard Imperial procedure to fucking lowjack all of their vehicles? So there is a line earlier where Hera tells Zeb, hey, I need you to make sure this uh, ship isn't being tracked. So it was Zeb's job to make an investigation role. Yeah. God damn it, Zeb. And why would you assign that to Zeb and not Chopper? Right. But look, uh, I, I I do believe there's a standard tracker. I think Vader put an extra tracker that mm. is for him. I, that would make sense. Yeah. Because you find the standard tracker, ditch that, and you think you're in the clear. You don't keep looking. Right. So there you go. So the ghost crew fly into the rebel fleet. Uh, it says in my notes, Kanan has the pissiest look on his Yeah, he just keeps doing this. He just keeps making shitty faces. Look, he's really nervous. <laughs> he's really concerned. He's does not want to do this. He knows where this is all heading. He knows that this mm-hmm. is heading out to all-out war, and he's not looking forward to that. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing, is he is traumatized in a way that uh, almost nobody else on this crew is. Everybody's right. got their trauma, but his is specifically tied to exactly these kinds of events. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I... I Perhaps you have experienced this in your life, Chris. Our trauma informs our responses and our intuition. Right. Uh, My intuition is very active to the point of being anxiety. But when I'm right about it, I'm fucking right. And therefore, I am prepared. And, And I know when something bad is about to happen. And when you're the one that knows and all of your loved ones around you are not heeding the fact that you damn well know that something bad is about to happen, yeah, that'll make you fucking grumpy. Like, I didn't go through that trauma for you guys to ignore me right now. Yeah. I know this God about you. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> also, you. You can identify with this. I um, I think you're a lot more... Uh, you have more due diligence on the shit that oh, you're prepared yeah. for. Like, I'm like, I'm like, fire, earthquake, somebody dies. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> which, does, which does cover a wide array of things. But, you know, that's about it. My intuition is why... Uh, you know, I, I I read the tea leaves. I could feel it in the wind in Texas that it was about to get bad, mm-hmm. like really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because of of my saying this is this is about to get bad. We need to start looking at things and getting out of here because uh, our son is trans and we need to get the fuck out of the state. It's because of that. It's because of my my highly keyed intuition to um, to the negative turn of authority figures. Uh, that we were prepared a year in advance and were able to do everything we needed to do to be able to get the fuck out of Texas, and mm-hmm. pick up our whole family, sell our house, get a new house, et cetera, et cetera. So in that case, uh, my husband very wisely heeded my intuition on that. And look at you now. And look at me now <laughs> in the land of legal weed. And I think it's actually snowing right now. Oh, my God. Really? I know. It's look at February. It's weird. <laughs> It's only weird to me. It's not weird to Colorado. This is perfectly normal. You'll get used to it hopefully next year. Eh, We'll see. (laughs) Anyway, so getting back to the whole thing. Um, 
So they dock the shuttle with the command ship, Commander Sato's command ship. Uh, and they're just disembarking when Chopper rolls up and he's like, um, alert, alert. There is a transmitter that just kicked on on the shuttle. The Empire's tracked the shuttle to the fleet. Oh my God. We need to do something about this. They run to the bridge. I'm hoping somebody thought to go cut the shuttle loose because it's got a tracker on it. Waste not, want not. <laughs> I know, but like there was no like, hey, go turn off that tracker. That that didn't happen. We have to assume that they will address it at some point. I have to hope that Chopper shut that shut off as soon as he could. I feel like it's going to be addressed by some explosions later in this episode. Yeah, and it yeah, will be a moot yeah, point. Yeah. Anyway, they run to the bridge where Commander Sato, Commander Sato, that's what I'm trying to say, and Ahsoka, they're there. And Hera's like, we got to jump the fuck out of here. Our shuttle was tracked. Uh, and But there's no time. There's no time because there is a ship inbound. Just the one. Just the one ship. Just one ship. And what could one ship it's do? It's fine. Really? <laughs> well, it's Vader. And is that a TIE Interceptor he's in? Uh, Steph, would you like to know about Darth Vader's TIE Advanced uh, Interceptor? Or not Interceptor, but I Starfighter? would love to hear this. Yeah, so uh, uh, there's actually a, a short story connected to this. Uh, uh, Vader, in his Anakin Skywalkerness, was complaining that TIE fighters are cheap, have no shields, have no hyperdrive. So they, right. uh, they being Sinar Fleet Systems, made a specially manufactured prototype. And Darth Vader says, well, that still sucks, but I'll take it. And he continues to tinker with it. This is his hobby. Is that the ship that they are manufacturing on this planet? Uh, I'm trying no. to remember from last season. There's a particular like advanced fighter ship that they're strip mining Lothal to make. They're they are making Tie Fighters, but it's it's not that Tie Fighter. That oh, okay, okay, sorry. That doesn't go get on. revealed till later. Okay, go. Yeah. So it's um, just it's just this is Anakin modified it. Yeah. See, added uh, it comes with a deflector, shield generator, a life support system, and a and a hyperdrive. Ooh. So, and also capable of firing cluster missiles. Do you really Yikes. need cluster missiles on a TIE fighter? You sure do, according to Vader. Uh, and yeah, also, uh, why not? And also, there's an integration system that is designed to uh, integrate with Vader's armor. Nice. Good lord. Yeah. Just doing the most. Yeah. Every time. Fucking Anakin. Fucking Anakin Skywalker. So, that is really cool, though. Yeah. Like, I I like that they that they hold on to that. Like, he's been tinkering with fucking electronics since he was it'll bitty. Yeah. Since he was just little Annie on on Tatooine. <laughs> it's what he does. He cannot stop himself. He cannot help himself. Even in Clone Wars, when we got the rare glimpse into Anakin's bedroom, uh, the, the bed was hard to find because there was so much just hoarded, partially disassembled electronics in well, that room. Well, he didn't really need the bed since he wasn't sleeping there. Most of the time. Anyway, so back to the episode. Um, Vader is attacking the fucking fleet. And Commander Sato doesn't realize who the fuck that is out there. So he sends out Phoenix Squadron to go die. Yeah, they're all going <laughs> to die. this guy. <laughs> all but two. Yeah. All but two. Yeah. It's fucking brutal. Vader mm-hmm. just mows through them as he should, honestly. Mm-hmm. He gets some really solid hits in on the command ship. And Hera's like, hey, um, Commander Sato, your pilots are fucking outmatched and she goes to turn and run out of the room because Hera knows who she is and she knows her skills Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so she's gonna go help and Kanan's like fuck are you doing and Hera's like I'm getting involved and Kanan he has to grudgingly admit that he is also going to go help the rebel fleet because he's not gonna let Hera go out there without him 
No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And Ahsoka's even like, hey, uh, can I tag along? Because I don't want to die on this fucking ship. <laughs> <laughs> right? So the entire ghost crew, plus one Ahsoka, run off to the ghost, and I'm so scared from them right now. Just, right. Oh, my God. So we're on the ghost, and the cutest thing, uh, everybody gets to their spots. I love that uh, Kanan just concedes the co-pilot seat to Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even fight that. He sits in Sabine's weirdly painted duct tape seat <laughs> in the back. Um, but Zeb, Sabine, and Ezra all take a gun position. And they check in. And Hera says, all right, kids, do mom and dad proud. I love that. I love them so much. Ding, I hope they survive this chapter. <laughs> Lord. Uh, so meanwhile, Vader fucking cripples the command ship. <laughs> yeah. Because he's being left out there unresponded to nothing who who gonna check him boo nobody nobody uh, yeah sato announces that they, they lost their shields they take one more hit they're fucked uh fucked. super <laughs> fucked so the ghost gets out there and engages in the fray they cannot land a hit on him sabine's like who is this guy and we get a shot of ahsoka having i have a bad feeling about this face yeah 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 um she senses that the force is strong in the enemy fighter and she's like kanan let's find out how strong and Kanan says, how can I help? And I love a guy who just says, how can I help? <laughs> not, not mansplain my own solution. Not question why you're telling me what to do here. Just how can I help? I fucking love that. Uh, anyway. Can you say that louder for my partner who is upstairs right now, please? Because how can I help? <laughs> that, does that work? Did he hear that? Okay, he does this every time I'm fucking cooking, and it fucking annoys me. He'll walk up, and he'll inspect the stove. He'll inspect what's cooking, and he'll just look at me, and I'm like, are you here to help, or are you here to judge how I'm cooking? And he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just looking. No, you weren't, motherfucker. I know you were judging me. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Why do boys think I'm always dumb? I'm not sure why he thinks he's in a position to judge you. I've heard stories about his cooking. My poor pots and pans. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Whenever uh, whenever Lucas wanders into the kitchen while I'm cooking and just stands there and, and stares at it, it's because he's hoping that I have a piece of it to feed to him. <laughs> I like that more. And then I'll see that standing right behind him is my dog, who is hoping the same thing. Well, your dog's there to for, the, for whatever's going to fall on the floor. Yeah, that's his job. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people who don't have dogs keep their floors clean. Roombas weird yeah i hate it the rubas don't work on like chicken uh no they don't <laughs> no okay anyway anyway so kanan's like how can i help because let's get back to this really intense fight that's going on right. in space right now god damn it kanan's like how can i help and so and ahsoka goes just remember your training and kanan looks like he has really complicated feelings about that but he puts his hand on her shoulder anyway to help reach out with the force it's a team effort we're reaching out with the force Ezra in the nose gun. So he's like right below them right now. He senses a cold, familiar feeling. And he says, The fear, the anger, the hate. It's the Sith we faced. Oh my God. I know. And then right then, Vader turns his head because he can feel Ahsoka reaching out. Yeah, it's a two-way connection, unfortunately. Exactly. And he goes, Apprentice lives. And all of a sudden, there's like crazy white light and Ahsoka screams and she passes out. What the fuck just happened? 
I don't know. Why did she pass out? I don't know. Now, I don't know. Now, in fairness to Ahsoka, this would be my reaction if I were to, uh, if somebody were to move the blinds in my bedroom up and it's a sunny day and I'm like, no! <laughs> I don't think I'd pass out, but it's the same emotional reaction. I'll pass out. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it's too much sun. No. no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ahsoka is unconscious, and from this point, that's really the tipping point. Not because she was doing a great deal in the fight, but just because narratively, from here, the fight goes downhill real fast. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, the command ship, their hyperdrive gets fucking busted, and Star Destroyers showed up, and suddenly Vader has changed his plans. He's not trying to kill the rebels, he wants to take them alive. Okay, he really wants because to talk he- to ah- Ahsoka. Yeah, well, you know, just catch up. Yeah, yeah. Just old times. Yeah. Um, Hera, to get away, she pulls off a fucking dope maneuver because, quick reminder, Hera Syndulla is the best pilot in the galaxy far, far away. But she's a girl. She just fucking is. She, I know, even though she's a girl, it's the weirdest thing. She's able to overcome her uterus. <laughs> and still develop <laughs> skills. It's She's, what a fucking hero. Anyway, <laughs> she's like... She's dodging. She's all over the place. She's like yelling at Chopper to put the shields to the back because they're making a run directly at the Star Destroyers that are not firing at them because Vader just told them to block the the rebels from leaving, not to shoot them. Now, here's the thing. Space is Mm three-dimensional. There are other ways out of here besides directly through the Star Destroyers. She could go down. She could go up. That's not how it works, Steph. I know, I know. The hyperlane entry is right on the other side of the Star Destroyers, and we just have to keep in mind, we, me, I have to keep in mind that that is a fixed point in space. Right. It's really annoying to me, though, because, like, it's... <laughs> space is multidimensional. I know, I know. I, I, you're not wrong, but you know what? When, you're pl- when, you're, when you play a flight simulator Star Wars game, it, you're thankful for it. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, she manages to, like, thread the needle right between a couple of Star Destroyers, hits the hyperspace right before the tractor beam grabs them. Uh, I legitimately thought she was going to hold a maneuver this shit. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. There is no hold and maneuver yet, but I was really hoping there would be. So that I could be like, ha, fanboys who hate the hold maneuver. <laughs> it already happened before, but no. She zooms out right in between them, and so the tractor beam doesn't catch the ghost. Who does it catch? It catches Vader. <laughs> and Vader is so happy. Yeah, the look on Admiral Constantine's face when he realizes they caught Lord Vader. <laughs> that's a man watching his life flash before his eyes. Oh, yeah. And that's when he, the, the officer who reports, oh, yeah, we caught Lord Vader's ship, uh, is like sweating it. And the Admiral goes, it's not your fault, officer. But Lord Vader won't know that. It's my favorite line in the whole show. <laughs> totally going to pin it on uh, that one deck officer. Never mind that Vader knows exactly how the chain of command works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, back at what remains of the Rebel fleet, which is just the ghost ship and a handful of other ships. Mm. That's it. The command ship is gone. The blockade runners and like two A-wings got away. That's it. Yeah, my notes. Uh, Ahsoka uh, commences a therapy session with Ezra and Kanan. <laughs> yeah, she has a force user meeting. Yeah. In the cockpit. And she's like, hey, so um, you mentioned there was a Sith Lord mm-hmm. that you faced off with. That should have been the first fucking thing you said, by the way, when you came in the cockpit. Not we were tracked, 
but uh, we found it. We met it, a Sith Lord. Yeah, we met a Sith Lord, and also our shuttle was tracked. Like, I feel like these things equally important. Anyway, Kanan was. Kanan tells her, "Look, you know we've dealt with Inquisitors, okay? But this guy's on a whole nother level." He says, "I haven't sensed a presence like that since the Clone Wars." Yeah. Mm. Cool. Cool. Ezra is like, "Hey, Ahsoka, do you know who or or what that guy is?" And Ahsoka says, "No, but he's definitely coming for us now." Like that's a that's a thing that's happening. But she does know. That's the thing. I I think she suspects, and there's a shot here in a minute that will. That yeah. Yeah. Confirms that. Ezra's like, well, then we'll just be ready to fight. And Kanan says, We must find the strength to fight. But the greater courage is knowing when not to fight. Yeah. And and that's that's Kananese for, we got our asses handed to us. We really need to be more strategic about this. You're very brave, but I need you to sit down. I love that. Hera and the rest of the crew show up in the doorway. They're like, we will be beside you either way. It is such a heartwarming, like, Rebels episode moment. But Ahsoka's not entirely in that crew. So the camera pans away from them being all loving and supportive to Ahsoka in her mildly horrified face. And it's got the way the shot is framed. It's a semi close up on her face. And then we cut immediately to the exact same framing on Vader. Which is the director telling us that they are thinking of each other. And therefore, I believe that is a signal that Ahsoka damn well suspects who is in the Vader suit. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, he's very dark sidey right now. And so it's maybe hard to recognize that that's Anakin. But he's kind of still got the same flavor, I'm just saying. Yeah, she saw... And also, who the fuck flies like that? Who the fuck flies like that? Who flies backwards and, and shoots at a bunch of ships without... Right. Like, like that kind of... That, ugh. That was Anakin Skywalker bullshit. Ding, da, da, ding, ding, ding on that right, counter. Right, right, Speaking of Anakin Skywalker bullshit, so he stalks into a room where the Admiral and Callus are reporting very smugly that you've broken the Rebels and they're on the run. And Vader's like, yeah, whatever. Get, get the out fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Clear the bridge. Get out. Uh, and Callus is like, ew, and <laughs> leaves. <laughs> yeah, Callus is not like that at all. He's like, I was giving you props. I would at least like to thank you. Right? <laughs> and you notice he barely steps outside the door. Like, that door closes on his ass. Yeah. And, and he he's gives still, a look. like, side-eye over his shoulder. And I'm like, Callus, I need you to look at, give me that look some more. That's hot. <laughs> I know, right? That's hot. Have I disappointed you? Are you annoyed with me? <laughs> Tell me more. Are you pun- Are you going to punish me? Anyway, what? I think I might deserve it. I'm just saying. Anyway, so, uh, as soon as the door closes, Vader takes a knee. And... This is where you can really see on the character model. Um, they were very careful to make sure that his uh, his lower legs from the knee down are disproportionately too long. Right, right. Because that's where the extra height is coming from. Because Anakin still got from like up to the knee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on his biological legs. So the cyborg legs are too long from the knee down. And so when he puts his, his knee on the ground, it actually lowers him a little bit below the angle of his knee. It's really cool. It's a yeah. little detail and I fucking love it. Anyway. Why has he taken a knee, Chris? Uh, he needs a Zoom call, Daddy Palpatine. Uh huh. <laughs> and and immediately Palpatine's like, Lord Vader, have you dealt with the rebels in the Lothal system? Um, <laughs> and Vader's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- I broke them, but uh, yeah. And Palpatine's like, uh, And I said something more to your victory. Mm-hmm. So, so finally, Vader's like, Yeah, um, my apprentice is still alive. No, 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 no. 
Specifically, he says, I believe the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker lives and is in league with these rebels. Right. So here's an interesting thing, y'all. We know, we know that the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker is Ahsoka. We know that that's Anakin Skywalker in the suit and that's Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. We know all this because we've watched in chronological order. When we were on Skywalk Before You Run, talking with Mary Clay, um, about uh, the the this dynamic because there's a conversation that happens between Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine uh where Palpatine says I believe the son of Anakin Skywalker still lives. Mm-hmm. So there's a dissociation between the identity of Vader and the identity of Anakin Skywalker. And Mary Clay who has never watched a Star Wars before in her life is like I don't think the emperor knows who that is. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like, because she knows, because everybody knows that Anakin Skywalker is the guy in the Vader suit. That's just in the culture. So this way that they talk around the identity, A, makes me think maybe they, they're they cautious over um, possibly people listening in on their conversations. Mm. Because paranoia, because Sith. But B, it makes it seem like they don't know. Like somebody in this conversation doesn't know that Vader is Anakin. I think it's more of a Sith religious thing where it's like once you take on the Sith name, you are that person. Right. And like your old name is, you know, not who you are anymore. Um, Especially for Invader's case, because Palpatine is still trying to kind of sort of pretend he's not a Sith Lord, but he is. So he keeps using his name. Uh, Mm. But or his his his, uh, the name he was born with. But um, Vader, on the other hand, has gone full all in. I'm just Darth Vader. I'm not Anakin, and so I think they're supporting this insanity by using Anakin's name like in the third person. It is. It does seem it's 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 very culty. Yeah. Uh, it's delusional. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's it's interesting to hear Vader refer to Anakin Skywalker as though he is a different person than himself. It is. Yeah. So. The Emperor is like, oh, really? Well, that's an opportunity that we can't miss out on. He says, Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to other lost Jedi. And immediately Vader's like, like Kenobi? Like Obi-Wan Kenobi? (laughs) Oh my god, Kenobi? Kenobi. And Palpatine having flashbacks to the probably three-hour Zoom call he had on Mustafar with Vader. He's like, not this bitch again. (laughs) right it's like we already fucking did this okay he handed you your whole ass yeah and that's what we had to get you new armor we had to give you a new ass (laughs) everything but good god but uh palpatine's like oh shit right he's still obsessed with the whole kenobi thing send out an inquisitor you can't be relied on to do this uh fatefully right Except he doesn't say that directly to Vader's no. face. He does tell them, dispatch another Inquisitor to hunt down the rebels. Okay. So, oh, two things. Two things about this. Uh, one, that is Sam Witwer voicing Emperor Palpatine. I love it. Sam Witwer is uh, also the voice of Emperor Palpatine in anything Lego Star Wars. I also love that. He's just very talented. And hot. He is so hot. <laughs> and talented. Talentedly hot. I saw an interview with Dave Filoni. That's the end of the episode, by the way, y'all. So I saw an interview with Dave Filoni uh, talking about Vader's hit list, basically. Uh, and that going into season two, they they had to sort of think about who Vader wants to destroy. 
<laughs> if there is a top three list of people that Vader would like to fucking destroy, number one is always going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah. Because my limbs, man. <laughs> my limbs. But for second place, it is always a tie between Yoda and Ahsoka. But I don't I don't know. I, I never got the sense he wanted to kill Ahsoka, but, you, you know... At this, well, this is Dave Filoni speaking. Okay? Right, okay. I'm just saying the guy who's the supervising director and the creator of this entire series says. Okay, so it's true. Vader wants to take out Ahsoka. You see how that works, y'all? When the people who make the show say this is how it goes, then. Then that's how it that, fucking that's how goes. That's how it goes. It just is. We can headcanon and we can have our own impressions all we want. According to the guy who makes the show, Vader needs to destroy Ahsoka. Almost as badly as he needs to destroy Obi-Wan. And I believe it is because Ahsoka Tano is a huge weakness for him. Oh, yeah. She can expose him like no one else can. And this right now, this Vader that we're dealing with, this is Vader in his prime. Mm. This is Vader at his... He's not quite at his most dangerous, give him a little bit. But he cannot have... An Ahsoka Tano out there. He needs to continue to kill every single last remnant of his past. And I guarantee you, there is mixed up in his dark side soup of a brain, there's a <laughs> lot of blame on Ahsoka for what's become of him. Oh, because she like, abandoned me. She left me right. behind. Yeah, exactly. Never mind that he went to go do a completely different thing and he left her at the Siege of Mandalore. Logic doesn't factor into this. It is pure emotion and rage and hate. Mm. So, yeah, he needs to kill Ahsoka because she's also one of the few people in the galaxy who could possibly reach him. And Vader knows that he cannot have Anakin resurfacing. And we know as viewers of the original trilogy that Ahsoka has no prayer of doing that. Wow. So, I mean, if we know, having watched the original trilogy, that he's still fucking Vader. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Because we are definitely lining this up for an inevitable confrontation between vader and his former padawan oh my god yeah yeah so yeah no she's top of his fucking hit list uh close to the top anyway according to the guy who made the show stress <laughs> yeah anyway do we have anything else do you have anything else for uh season two episode two the siege of lothal part two no but, two, 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 but two, two, two? I, I i can't wait for the next episode <laughs> well i don't remember the name of the next episode how long uh, i have to scroll through so much Jesus Christ, our spreadsheet is ridiculous. I know, right? Where is it? There it is. Okay, cool. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Just saw what the next episode is. <laughs> this is the best season. Right? <sighs> okay, okay, okay. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we will talk about Star Wars Rebels Season 2, Episode 3, The Lost Commanders. <laughs> and y'all, just to warn you... <laughs> The thirst is real for this episode because I watched it last night and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. My God. Um, real quick, because I don't think we covered it. Well, I do have one more thing for this episode. Mm. Because we were we were too, like, into the terror of what Vader was doing to Ezra with the force pinning him up against something and then forcing his hands to do things. Yeah. Because it's a child. Ezra's a child. Ezra, Ezra is a child, hot. yeah. It's not hot when it's done to Ezra. Right. So I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> I will save Ezra from that moment. Let's switchy-poo. Right. <laughs> just, just swap out.
That's just really hot. Sorry. Yeah. I think that there should be more Darth Vader porn with that. Agreed. Agreed. Even more Darth Vader porn because there's already a lot. <laughs> nice. Send me some links later. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Next time we will be talking about The Lost Commanders. And if you have Disney Plus and you can see the thumbnail for the next episode. <sighs> yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so I'm happy, so too. Happy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Are we done here then? We're done. Okay, then let us outro, shall we? Do it. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, If you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, that was a gift to our show from one of our listeners, a recording artist by the name of Chorlesy. His new single, In My Lane, is out right now. You can find it and him on all the social media as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. If you'd like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are, for the time being, until things change, possibly with this new show that we have coming up, uh, you can find us um, as at Dark Side Divas on Facebook, Instagram, the artist formerly known as Twitter and TikTok. Also, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast is available on pretty much every podcast platform at this point. Subscribe, leave a review. It does great stuff for our algorithm and we like that. Uh, it's true. Also, another place you can subscribe is our YouTube channel. If you do a search for Dark Side Divas, you'll find a lot of our video content. Uh, we do. Uh, uh, we have had special guests in our Unleashed show. We have uh, doing uh, playthroughs of Baldur's Gate. It's a gay old time. You should definitely go there. It's true. We also have a swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas, where you can buy t-shirts, stickers, mugs of our show logos, and the funny shit that we say. And last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for five bucks a month. You can access our unedited video versions of most of our episodes. Um, You can watch us record them live uh, early in the morning, early in the morning. So, so early. early. I'm sorry. Uh, and also uh, access to the greatest Discord community in all the galaxy. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Are we done? We're done. All right. Then we get to say goodbye. 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 Love you.